Russ Bush was born on Christmas Day uh, in 1944. Um, he passed away uh, in, in January of 2008, and so uh, we are meeting together on the uh, the 10th. It is, it's hard to believe he's been gone 10 years. It, it really, it really is. Uh, and so the um, purpose of this meeting is to discuss, talk about our our memories and reflections of him, uh, talk about his legacy, uh, and a few other things. I, I think it, you know I'm going to ask uh, the fellows up here on the the panel here with me uh, what. What do, you, what, what do you think you know, Russ Bush would have to say about some of the things of today? <clears throat> he was a noted philosopher, apologist, author, professor, pastor, um, and for many of us in this room, uh, a dear friend. Uh, he spent his life serving the church, the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, and Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, for uh, decades, he served as the academic vice president and the dean of the faculty um, as he came to Southeastern, uh, not under Paige Batterson, but actually under Lewis Drummond, and um, guided this school through a time uh, volatile, just wouldn't capture uh, the, the conditions uh, at Southeastern during that time. And the faculty could not look more different uh, in its theological orientation uh, hardly than uh, than from the th faculty of today, so he came into a very difficult environment, uh, and they knew where he stood on the issues of the inerrancy of Scripture uh, because of uh, his writings, uh, and I'm thinking now of his very influential book that he wrote with uh, Dr. Tom Nettles, Baptist and the Bible, and I'd have to say uh, that for me. Uh, this was a, a very important book in my theological formation uh, uh, because um, during that time, we forget uh, that there were a significant portion of the Southern Baptist Convention that argued that the doctrine of inerrancy really had no place in uh, Baptist thought, that it was an alien notion superimposed uh, upon us, and uh, what uh, Dr. Bush and Dr. Nettles did so well is show that no, uh, a high view of Scripture uh, and, and an inerrantist perspective is very much a part, uh, very much our heritage. And so I am very thankful for the uh, the theological formation that his book had on my life and on the influence it had on the Southern Baptist Convention uh, in general. Um, I went through my transcript and started counting them up. Uh, and from the courses that I took as an MDiv student, uh, the courses I, the seminars I took as a doctoral student, and colloquia uh, and reading corps, uh, for those, maybe some of you guys were in the program back when they had reading corps in the PhD program, uh, I had eight different courses with Russ Bush. Uh, so, of all of the professors, of all of the teachers uh, I've had from undergraduate through two master's degree and a doctoral program, uh, I mean, Dr. Bush was in my, um, uh, he, he was in my examination committee, uh, and uh, in, in, in there, both for oral exam and for my dissertation defense. So, um, I've, 
just looking at all of that, I would have to say that no one had a greater impact and influence uh, upon my life theologically uh, than did Russ Bush. And so um, I, I'm really glad that we're doing what we're doing today. Um, we have with us a couple other fellows who also uh, did their time with, uh, with Russ Bush. He was so much fun. We'll, we'll talk about, I've got a couple of stories I'm going to wait there at the end to talk about uh, what it was like to run around uh, with Russ Bush because uh, it was really different to run around with Russ than it was to be a student in his class. Um, I could, as an MDiv student, I could not believe, you know, how different he was outside the classroom. I could still remember, you know, asking a question as an MDiv student and him lowering his glasses down and looking at me over his glasses and saying, well, I wouldn't have asked it that way. Uh, and, 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 and so uh, that was the kind of experience I had in the classroom. But I, I come to understand him in a very, very different way. Dr. Little, talk to us about... Russ Bush, your memories, your thoughts. Well, as you probably know, uh, he, was, he was my major professor. Need to do the mic. We're recording this. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you know, he was, uh, he was my major professor in uh, my Ph.D. program here, and no one could have been kinder to me than was Russ Bush. Uh, even though um, I did not come out of a Southern Baptist uh, background, um, you would never have known that the way he treated me and helped me to learn, so to speak, the ropes uh, within the Southern Baptist, um, I'll say, community. <clears throat> if I think about one thing that comes to my mind immediately every time I think about Ross, is that if I, he was the epitome of a Christian gentleman. You cannot say more than that. Uh, he was one who was so kind and so generous, even with those who disagreed with him. And when he first came here, we all know he had plenty who disagreed with him. And you know, he told me about having a unanimous vote of the faculty when he came. It was unanimous against him. And yet he came and served as a great uh, uh, mediator between two opposing views. And uh, I don't want to diminish what anybody else did here. And I'm sure there are many, like Dr. Patterson and others, but I still believe that one of the key persons in Southeastern uh, being salvaged, yeah. uh, that it didn't completely collapse would have been Russ Bush. And it was because this tremendous ability that he had to be, as it were, a mediator. Uh, he had a strong commitment, as um, Ken has already mentioned, strong commitment to the inerrancy of the Bible, the necessity uh, of the Bible. And I don't know if this would be too strong to say, but uh, I think he almost gave his life for the Southern Baptist Convention. He dearly loved what uh, the school was doing, but he had a greater appreciation and a stronger commitment to the truth of God's Word and felt that not only should we be involved theologically, but philosophically as well. And uh, so I just have, uh, I have all good memories, uh, even 
him as my PhD supervisor and on my committee and all of that. Uh, I just have wonderful memories uh, going down to the Forks and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we won't say any more than that. <clears throat> and riding in his, I think it was a Monte Carlo. He just loved that yeah. car. Was it a Monte Carlo? Yeah, it was the SS. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bomb. <laughs> the, 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 With sport tires. Yeah, and the the rider's side. Uh, though it didn't work that good. <laughs> so you really wanted to get in real quick because Russ was off and you just want to make sure that door was closed. But um, I remember the day I got the news, I was teaching in Malaysia uh, when Russ died. And I had visited him just, oh, maybe a couple of weeks before he died. And uh, I had that, the conversation that I had with him. Um, and one of the things that I think I memorize, I remember that I would learn from Russ, though not learn it very well, and that is that uh, do not allow your work to consume you, even though you're doing it for very good and very worthy causes. Um, so that's, uh, in general, that's what I would have to say. Excellent. Dr. Ashford, you spent a day or two uh, with uh, Dr. Bush in your studies. What have you got? So, you know, I, I, as I was trying to decide how to categorize my thoughts, I've organized it um, biographically, chronologically. Um, I've got uh, sort of four moments in my life that help sort of articulate what I learned from Dr. Bush. I think I would say with these gentlemen, said it elsewhere too, not just at this event, there's nobody who's had more of an influence on me personally, no professor uh, greater than, than Russ Bush. I took him for every course he taught here. I took four PhD seminars with him, four of my eight seminars um, with him. And so it's a, a delight to be able to talk. Um, so the first moment is early on when I was uh, uh, only 21 or so. I had just come from Campbell University. I grew up as a, as a young fundamentalist, uh, separatist. My parents didn't let me watch TV or movies except for Little House on the Prairie and the Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> and, and this is not a joke, this is true, uh, whenever Otis was on the Andy Griffith Show, I was not allowed to watch it. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, so anyway, so, and then I went to Campbell, and Campbell was a moderate to liberal religion department, and so I had, my experience of the Christian religion was largely, uh, you know, a, a, a Bible-believing uh, and, and in many ways, very good type of uh, fundamentalism, and then also a moderate to liberal uh, sort of view that was on offer at Campbell. So when I took Intro to Philosophy with Dr. Bush, my first uh, semester in 1996, it was amazing. I mean, he, he modeled for me what you know I kind of had always wanted, which was to know how is it that a Christian can enter into a cultural context and speak to it faithfully and with intellect and, and wit, uh, without sort of withdrawing on the one hand or accommodating on the other, and so it was a it was an a, amazing course that first course, and then uh, went off to Russia and did two years of of work there and came back for the PhD program, and I think seeing him in action a PhD seminar was even better than in the MDiv classroom. Because this man could slice and dice with the best of them. I mean, I don't. Some of you in here may not have ever had the opportunity to see him in action or even meet him, but 
Uh, we had something called integrative seminar for a while. We've had uh, all sorts of iterations of that in our PhD program. And in that particular iteration, we would have five professors in the room, all of the freshman PhD students, all right? So 16 or 18 of us, and then five professors. It was John Sailhammer and Russ Bush and Gerald Cohen. And uh, I think Steve was in there one of the years, and then Andreas uh, Kostenberger. And I'm telling you, it was a rollicking good time because on any topic we discussed, they would go at it. And Dr. Bush was a, a very learned man across the disciplines. I mean, he he would mix it up with John Salhammer on Old Testament hermeneutics, mix it up with Gerald Cohen on New Testament. Um, and, and the thing that I, and this relates to what Dr. Little said, one of the things that I appreciated, he was a model of how to slice and dice without being a jerk. Like he could debate and discuss. He never, I never saw him lose his temper, never saw him be condescending, uh, you know. And so it was a really, it's a, I thought it was a, a, a wonderful model of convictional civility that he kept his convictions and managed to always be a gentleman. The third is, you know, I um, moved into the provost position here about five or six years ago, and only since having to sit in that chair did I appreciate in retrospect, what he did, because he served in this position in a much, much tougher time. Tire, uh, tires were stabbed, I believe, by uh, students or maybe faculty at Southeastern when they came, I'm not sure who. Uh, he was harassed and insulted and mocked on a, on a regular basis and still put in probably 12 hours a day of work on behalf of Southeastern, wrote hundreds of pages of just admit administrative documents for accreditation. He'd do it all himself. He didn't have anyone to help him. Sheldon Alexander helped him some, but he mainly had to do it on his own and uh, did it without complaining. Uh, I never heard him complain. I complain all the time. <laughs> and I, I don't have it ne nearly as tough as, as he had it. Um, and so that, I think, was a lesson learned. And then finally, as it happened, uh, Miss Cindy had called me, and um, I've never been in the room with somebody when they passed. But uh, I was with her and, uh, and Dr. Bush. We were uh, reading the book of Colossians to him. You were reading. And I prayed with him, and, um, and he, he passed away. And just in God's providence, we didn't know that he was going to pass at that moment, but I was there and holding his hand. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so for that reason, I've, I've had reason to reflect on his life. I mean, that's a, that's a real uh, sort of a moment. And... When I was thinking about how to conclude my thoughts today, today's the day that Billy Graham passed. And I want to make a connection between the two of them, if I can. They both devoted their life to doing one thing, which is promoting uh, Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world and, uh, and, and defending that. Billy Graham had something that he said, and I could easily see Dr. Bush saying this, and this is how I want to conclude. I don't remember the exact quote, but Billy Graham said something like this. He said, one day you're going to hear or read in the news that Billy Graham has, is, uh, is dead, but don't you believe a word of it. He is uh, more alive now than ever. He's just had a change of address, and he's in the presence of God. And uh, so, you know, I, I grieved when Dr. Bush passed, but I think we can celebrate his life and know that he is alive in the presence um, of our Lord. So. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Um
Dr. Bush, as, uh, as Dr. Ashford has just pointed out, he was a staunch defender of the inerrancy of Scripture. But he was not a reactionary. He was someone who truly enjoyed engaging in life, in the world, and culture. Uh, and I found that um, so winsome and appealing. Uh, and so uh, uh, thinking about Dr. Mosley's here, and he's going to say a few words here in a little bit. But uh, uh, Alan and Sharon and Penny and I, uh, back in the mid 19 90s, whenever I was pastor at Open Door, we were an, in San Francisco uh, at, for ETS, and, and we decided to tour the city, and so here we are in the evening, I think it was like a Sunday night or whatever time it was, wandering through Chinatown uh, in San Francisco, which is really a lot of fun. I mean, you know, it's just, it was just a, uh, just a, a really uh, intriguing thing. Uh, so we're wandering through Chinatown trying to figure out where we've been wandering around for a couple of hours uh, going up and down uh, the, the hills we have no idea where to eat uh, it's it's getting late hungry and so said well why don't you know there is a Chinese drugstore let's walk in there and wherever they recommend to go eat let's just go there so we walk in the door and who's standing in the door but Russ Bush. And so um, Russ and Cindy are there, and they said, are you all hungry? We're getting ready to go eat. Uh, I know this great local place. Uh, and it really was. So we show up at this local Chinese restaurant, and I'll never forget this. In the window, I'm not, I'm not kidding, in the window, hanging by their necks are ducks on a rope. They're, you know, they're in the window. What's that? They're dead. Yeah, they were dead. <laughs> they were de ducks hanging from their neck in the window. And, and, and so Penny, you know, where's he taking us? And, it, and the food was great. It was, he really did know where the best place uh, was uh, to eat in Chinatown. Uh, that's the kind of thing uh, that, that Russ was just good about. Uh, then uh, in 2001... Uh, by this time, I'm at New Orleans Seminary, and ETS is in uh, Colorado Springs, and my son, Matt, at that time, is a young teenager. Um, we, Russ says, you know, would you, let's do something fun. You know, we met him in the hallway. Let's do something fun. Well, what have you got in mind? Let's go up, let's go, why don't we just go up Pikes Peak? Okay. And so, you know, do you got a car? Yes, I do. Well, let's go catch the tram. And so Russ Bush, Matt, and me uh, get in the car, drive over to Pikes Peak. We're too late to catch the tram. The last tram has already gone up the hill. So they said, if you're going to go up to the top of Pikes Peak, you'll just have to drive. And so uh, Russ and Matt get in the back, and I am driving in the front, and I'm driving up Pikes Peak. Did you know there are no guardrails on the road? They do not want guardrails to block the view. And so there are, as you go around a curve, the drop literally is one, 2,000 feet. I'm not exaggerating at all. It's just straight cliffs. And so Matt and Russ are in the back seats See, taking pictures, ooing, eyeing, and saying, man, you need to take a look at this. And I'm saying, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive you know, just as close as I can. And so Matt and Russ are just hitting it off just great. Uh, when they get to the top, uh, we, you know, we, we, we call in everybody on our cell phone. 
on the way down, and here's what I remember. On the way down, Russ and Matt get into a conversation about Harry Potter because the Harry Potter movie is is premiering that day. And, and uh, at that time, I'm kind of halfway like... Uh, this fundamentalist to my right, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure that you know we should have anything to do with Harry Potter. You know, I've heard about those books. You know, there and uh, Russ say, no, 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 no. You guys need, and he's explaining uh, to 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 me uh, what Harry Potter, how it's a metaphor, and how you know, and all of the various uh, uh, stories and, and ideas that that are they're being told through this this series. He had read them all. Uh, he and you know, I hadn't read any of them. Matt had read them, Russ had read them, and they hit it off great. And so that night, Matt and I went to see the premiere of the Harry Potter movie uh, at, at Russ's recommendation. Um, a few years later, whenever I'm here at Southeastern uh, and Russ has passed, uh, Cindy brought this by, and it turned out that Russ had picked up a rock on top of Pikes Peak. And... Uh, wrote the date and the time of uh, the time that that Matt and uh, uh, Russ and I were there and uh, she gave that to me and it's dated November the 16th 2001 Pikes Peak and I'll always appreciate that about Russ here was a guy who really enjoyed being a Christian in this world mm-hmm. so I know some of you uh, had some thoughts that you wanted to share uh, Alan you I would love to uh, say a word. Uh, should I be on the Well, go ahead. It is being recorded. So that uh, they'll yeah. hear me on the tape. Um, Russ and I were on the um, cabinet together for uh, 12 years. And uh, so there are a lot of memories. Uh, when Dr. Patterson was here as president, we met every Friday morning at 8 and would meet uh, four hours every Friday morning. And so obviously uh, a lot of discussions about literally everything in the world, uh, everything in the school, everything in the denomination. I used to say that Dr. Patterson and Dr. Bush ran the school by day and the denomination by night. Um, and uh, everything going on in the world as well. And I was 38 uh, years old when I came, and these were uh, men who were my seniors, and so uh, I learned so much from them. And um, I didn't want to be emotional, but it's um, it's probably dumb for me to, to be surprised, but I've been surprised how much I've missed Russ uh, for these 10 years. And... Uh, uh, I really have uh, missed him. Uh, just a couple of stories that I want to share uh, about him. Uh, when you mentioned ETS, um, I was still a pastor, and uh, Russ said, you ought to come to ETS. So I said, okay, I'll go to ETS up, at, up in D.C. He said, you know, you ought to be involved in ETS. You ought to do, we need pastors to be involved. And somehow, Russ got me on the nominating committee of the ETS. I'm nominating the next president. I, my first ETS meeting, I hardly even knew... <laughs> what ETS was, but you know, Russ pushed me forward, you know, to be involved. And so I said, okay. And so I'm sitting around the committee. They're looking at me like I know what I'm doing. You know, who should be our next? I said, well, uh, how about this person? Well, that sounds pretty good, you know, and they just, so they take my suggestion. First time I'd ever attended, but Russ was the one uh, who was behind uh, all of that, which I, you know, very much appreciate uh, him. He was began to be my friend then and became much more 
uh, my friend, when we began to work together uh, here. And um, uh, two uh, two stories. Um, one, uh, as Dr. Little mentioned, when he came, the, the faculty uh, voted unanimously against him. Uh, but uh, through those years, uh, Russ and Cindy, uh, whenever one of those faculty members who voted against him, uh, when a family member was sick or when somebody died in their family, um, something was some crisis in their family, Russ and Cindy uh, were at their doorstep uh, bringing a meal, uh, caring for them, loving on them, the people who did not want him here. And um, then at his funeral, uh, I saw one of those guys, one of those faculty members from the old days. And I was shocked, first of all, but I sidled up to him and, and told him I was so glad that he was uh, there. And he said, yeah, Russ and I were good friends. And um, immediately I thought of uh, Proverbs sixteen seven, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord. Uh, even his uh, enemies are made uh, to be at peace with him. And uh, that was the case with Russ. A lot of those guys who voted against him came to respect him greatly and to be his friend uh, as well. One other story, I, I'm taking too much time, but um, this is just something that's uh, funny to me on an ongoing basis. Like I said, we talked about everything on the cabinet. And uh, one, Russ made a comment one and often I was Russ's foil. You know, he was the older guy. I was 38 when I came, and I would disagree with him all the time, you know, just to have discussions. So he, he made a comment one time. He said, you know, uh, in the future, people are going to be using their computers to do their Bible study. They'll, they'll be using this computer software. Uh, of course, this nobody was doing it at that time, but Russ, you know, said, that's the way they're going to do it in the future. I said, yeah, Russ, this is... Um, this is going to be so much easier, I said, because all you have to do is you turn on your computer and wait for it to, to boot up. And then once it gets turned on, you have to, you know, find the right program and, and turn the program on. Then you got to find the right. I said, oh, that's so much more convenient, Russ. That's going to be, uh, everybody will do that. You know, I was being sarcastically saying what an idiotic idea that is, you know. Uh, and of course, the reason I share that is because I think of him now every day of my life as, as I use my computer software to do Bible study, you know. Uh, and of course, he was right about that, but so many other things as well. One more thing, and I'll, and I'll be quiet. Uh, I don't think we should let this time go by without saying something about Russ's love uh, for children, which just uh, amazed me that this uh, advanced scholar, this brilliant person, this academic who in many ways was sort of your absent-minded professor type, you know, just when when kids were around him, they just loved him and he loved on them and somehow had the ability that I wish I had to connect with them on their level. Here's a guy who's above the level of most of us, you know, academically, but with kids, he was always on their level as well. So I'm very grateful uh, for my friend, Russ, and for you too, Cindy. My wife loves you as well. So, I, I want to follow up on a couple of those comments. One, um, uh, concerning children, I just uh, remember Dr. Bush would travel to modulars in Thailand and Istanbul all the time to be with our missionaries, and I have a memory of him crawling around on the floor on all fours playing with the kids the children of the missionaries. Um, 
then to your point about uh, faculty members who didn't want him here, who in the end said this was a good man. I remember at the funeral, there was a transgender man who was identifying as a woman we, we there at the funeral. Who, who what? Well, yeah. It's been recorded. Maybe don't yeah, so um, and uh, he was there in a, a dress and so forth, but it was obvious that this, you know, this was a man identifying as a woman. Uh, very big, uh, tall man, and I went up to talk with him at the reception afterwards. And uh, what he said was basically, you know, I never really agreed with his take on things, but uh, he reminded me of Jesus. And he said, I always, I, I, you know, and just kind of described, I forget exactly the words, but why he liked Dr. Bush so much and why he was willing to show up at a funeral service with about a thousand people that would immediately identify him as someone that they, you know, with whom they disagreed. Uh, yeah, so those are two uh, sort of follow-ups on what uh, you said. Well, I think from what you've heard said, uh, you understand why we're more than happy to call this center the L. Russ Bush Center for Faith and Culture. Cindy, thank you so much for taking part uh, in this luncheon. Uh, it's coming up on 1 o'clock, and I know there's a number of you that will have to go and wheels dismiss. Is there a word from anyone before we dismiss? Dr. Mosley forgot to say that the reason he misses Dr. Bush so much is how inferior the current uh, provost is. <laughs> so go ahead and register that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, would, I would just say one thing about I, Dr. Mosley says. I have to say many times I drive by your house and I miss Ross. Yeah. Um, but such a thinker, when he wrote this book, this Christian handbook on philosophy. Yeah. John Hick had just written his book on love of God and evil. And in this book, Russ says, if Hick follows the logic of his position, he'll have to become a universalist. Yeah. And a few years later, Hick puts out a second book, a second edition, and on it he confesses he has to be a universalist. But Russ understood that because he thought with such deep, penetrating, critical thinking about these issues. Very good. Very good. Uh, Dr. Little, would you dismiss us in prayer and then we'll, we'll be done. Father, we're grateful uh, for the day that we have. Thank you, Father, for this one thing, though there are many that we share in common, but this one thing um, that Dr. Bush enriched our souls uh, encouraged us along the way, sharpened our minds, and gave us a great example for what it means uh, to live the Christian life in this world. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you for Cindy, who was a great helpmeet for him, and I suspect that on many occasions she might rather have had Russ at home but was willing that he be out doing the work that was so important in those early days especially to, for the Southern Baptist uh, Convention and the defense of the truth of God's word. So we just want to say uh, thank you uh, today for the privilege we've had of uh, knowing Russ Bush and has been said on several occasions here, we still miss him, but we look forward that there'll come a day when we shall uh, be with him. 
as all the saints will be. Well, I don't know what that's going to be like, but we do know that we have not seen the last of Russ Bush. And for that, we're grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.